You're listening to Cannabis Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Yes, we are back for episode 224. And I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. I think we should uh, have an explanation to listeners as to why we stopped Cannabis Health Radio a couple of years ago, September of 2017. And the reason was we were doing, Corey, we were doing five interviews a week, and uh, it was a, a lot of work, and we weren't getting sponsorship, we weren't getting donations, and we just thought that, you know, if we're doing all this work and there's no return on this, uh, let's just end it. But you know what? Over the last almost two years... Um, both of us have talked about starting this up again, and I want to give thanks to several people who have helped us in this journey. Ron Zahar of Rowan Sound here in Victoria has kindly donated his studio so we could record our podcast, and we thank Ron for that. I want to thank uh, my wife, Lisa, for doing the website and all her hard work in helping us out at Cannabis Health Radio, and Mark VL in Belgium. Here's yay, a, Mark. Yay, Mark. Here's a guy who posts our podcasts on YouTube. And um, we should advise listeners that on our Cannabis Health Radio website, we have had over half a million people listen. And on YouTube, we have also had more than half a million people listen. So we have had more than a million people listen to our podcasts. And uh, even today... Two years after we stopped, we are still getting a substantial number of listeners on Cannabis Health Radio. And you and I, Corey, a couple of weeks ago, had lunch with um, Doug Bench. Doug Bench, that's correct. And his wife, Janet. Yes. And Jan, and if you recall, uh, listeners should know this, that Doug was once a judge, and he sentenced 113 people to prison for cannabis possession. And he ended up with COPD, was given a short time to live, and his wife converted him to cannabis, and he is alive today, alive and well, and thanks to cannabis. And he is a big supporter of cannabis for, he has a ranch in Colorado, right? Yeah, they just sold that ranch, but um, he is uh, certainly lobbies for uh, cannabis in Florida. He does educational seminars, he speaks at events, and he's essentially dedicated his life now to educating people on uh, cannabis as medicine. Yeah, Doug and his wife are great people. I forget what podcast uh, Doug's interview was. Oh, I can't recall. People can find it. Just go into CannabisHealthRadio.com and... uh, Go under podcasts and put in Doug Bench. Doug Bench, and you'll find it. And he was telling us that uh, almost on a weekly basis, he gets folks who have heard his interview, which is very encouraging for us. And we want to continue doing this. We want to continue with Cannabis Health Radio, and uh, we are looking for sponsorship, of course. And it doesn't have to be a cannabis-related industry. It can be anything. It could be anything at all. Yeah, we want to continue doing this. And uh, if you can help us through donations or, you know, companies or corporations that would be interested in sponsorship, 
we would very much appreciate it. Now, did we miss anyone in uh, our thanks to folks? Well, I think we need to thank Jindrick Bayer, JB, out of uh, Prague in the Czech Republic, who's amazing and has always supported us from day one and um, is very much uh, the reason that I'm alive today. He was the fellow when I wrote Rick. It was actually Jindrick who wrote me back and coached me. And uh, he's been at this for 10 plus years. I didn't know that. Yeah, Jindrick's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'd also like to say um, a thank you to Pham Anna, who's, who's Vietnamese and living in uh, Prague now. And he actually had one of our uh, uh, episodes. episodes translated into Vietnamese and um, would very much like to have them all translated. So he's another great supporter. And we've got a lot of people in Vietnam now. As a matter of fact, we have people all over the world. That's just incredible when you realize how many people we touch yeah, or reach. Didn't you have someone from uh, Nigeria? I had a message from somebody from Nigeria about three weeks ago, basically a thank you, saying uh, that she would have never known about cannabis as medicine had she not heard Cannabis Health Radio, that she had received a cancer diagnosis. I can't recall whether it was breast or colon but it was one of the two, and that she had used cannabis oil and she had just got the all clear and she was reaching out to say thank you to us. Yeah, that's very nice. It's very encouraging. And it's very heartwarming to know that we are making a difference in the lives of uh, some people around the world. And you also had a message from Mongolia. I did. I had a message from Mongolia, same thing. Somebody who uh, heard about us uh, or heard about cannabis as medicine via our show and uh, actually was anxious to have some product delivered, which, of course, I couldn't do. But, however, <laughs> we are far-reaching, which is really what we wanted to do. That was our goal when we first started this show. Yeah. We want to talk today about uh, some of the uh, questions that Corey gets asked almost on a daily basis on cannabis. And uh, we also want to talk about some of the people that we've interviewed who we have lost. We don't want to dwell on this because it's a bit of a downer, but, uh, you know, none of us get out of here alive, but we have to just improve our quality of life. And uh, we also want to talk about uh, some of the funny stories that Corey has to deal with occasionally. Occasionally. Yeah, occasionally. <laughs> and I guess I should start by when I was in commercial radio and uh, first interviewed Corey Tell it, uh, tell that embarrassing story. Well, it's not embarrassing for me. <laughs> it's embarrassing for me, though. <laughs> well, Ian had had me on a couple of times, and uh, we had finished the show, and he was off the air, and he was walking me down the hall, and uh, he slows down, and he looks around furtively to make sure nobody's around, and he leans into me, and he says, you know, I wouldn't mind trying some of this stuff. And I'm like, oh, wow, so you want to, like, you want to try some CBD? Well, no, actually, I want to try that other stuff. <laughs> and that was the beginning. That was the beginning of our cannabis relationship. Now, Corey, over the past seven years, you've uh, helped thousands of people. You've saved uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of lives. I want to talk about some of the questions that you get asked a lot and let's start by the first one, 60 grams in 90 days. Is that a rule or just a guide? It's just a guide. Uh, 60 grams in 90 days, a guideline. Let me be really, really clear about that. 60 grams of what? 60 grams of an oil that's, what, 94% THC, 3% CBD, 0.2% CBG. How many cannabinoid receptors does that person have? Everybody is different. So when you... 
When you see that information, it's just a guideline. Truly, it's just a guideline. Nothing is written in stone. We're all individuals. Some take less time. Some take more time. Um, so it it really is kind of out the window. Um, I still agree with that trying to get to a gram a day, give or take. Don't make yourself crazy trying to do it. Um, and just continue on until that cancer's gone. Because you never took a gram, did you? No, never got to a gram a day. And I've been confirmed cancer-free for just about seven years now. Now, you mentioned that uh, depending on the number of uh, cannabis receptors we have, don't we all have the same? No, and for the longest time, I thought we did. It's only in the past couple of years that I learned this. I always thought that, you know, we have two, two legs, two kidneys, one heart. Mm-hmm. We all have the same number of receptors, but wrong, which might be really key as to why we can have two patients with the same diagnosis even with the same oil, and one of them we clear super easy, and the other one takes a whole lot longer. Now, over the course of the years that you've helped people, what's the most difficult cancer to deal with? Oh, man. Wow. Um, ovarian and pancreatic can be really tough, but we've had our successes. Uh, brain can be, can be a difficult one as well. Um, the one that makes me most crazy is hormone-driven breast cancers. Explain that. Well, in the beginning, we treated everybody with high THC. Um, When it came to breast cancer, the triple negatives were quite easy to clear. The hormone-driven breast cancers, not so much, but we certainly had our successes. Then a report came out of San Francisco Hospital or University about four years ago now saying the way to go with hormone-driven breast cancer was CBD. So we had a group of women, 50-some-odd, that we had on CBD that came from cannabis that was 63% testing out at 63% CBD, which is really, really high CBD. In not one case did it make any difference. So back to the drawing board. Now, when I spoke in Prague, uh, the first time I spoke in Prague at CannaFest, and spoke to, you know, different doctors, et cetera, and said, look, this hormone-driven breast cancer just makes me crazy. You know, what's, what's your take on it? What we essentially ended up agreeing on was that a one-to-one ratio to start was the best way to do it. That said, I have to be honest with people and tell them that there are, like, several very prominent Facebook groups, cannabis Facebook groups, that are being run by women who have had hormone-driven breast cancer that they cleared with THC, high THC. But they're afraid to say something now because this whole hormone-driven cancer treated with CBD over THC has just completely, in my opinion, gotten out of hand. And so there are people that are actually afraid to say something because they're afraid to be at being snapped at. Um, so I really, with hormone-driven breast cancer... I guess your safest ground is to start one-to-one, but uh, I don't know. There's some that say, uh, you know, one-to-three THC to CBD. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I've seen success is with one-to-one and high THC. Certainly high THC has worked. In the majority of cases that you've dealt with? In the majority, and it's my understanding from talking to a couple of doctors that these studies that this information of giving CBD for hormone-driven breast cancer are based on were very loose, not watertight studies at all. Okay. I do know that the doctors in Israel are treating all breast cancer with high THC. 
You know, one of the things that I've noticed over the years since being involved in this is the transition of public information from THC to CBD. And as some people are unaware, many people are unaware, the contents of CBD cannot always be CBD. No, no. Point in case, CBD is almost everywhere in the United States. You can buy it at 7-Eleven. I spoke with a woman about a month ago who was taking CBD and not showing any uh, change in her symptoms. And when she had the CBD tested, uh, quote, it had trace amounts of CBD and the rest was melatonin. As a matter of fact, she said, I keep falling asleep. And it turned out that it was almost all melatonin. All melatonin, very little CBD. Yeah, it's uh, CBD is something that, as Corey mentioned, can be bought almost anywhere. Is CBD legal in Canada? I'm not sure. I think so. Yeah, there is. Um, oh, I'm getting my American and, and Canadian <coughs> laws mixed up. No, I want to talk about one of the issues, and there's some funny stories behind this, is a lot of men who uh, may be listening may have prostate issues. And uh, cannabis is great for the prostate. And if you have prostate cancer, uh, you can take it by suppository. And uh, I think, Corey, one of the things that you talk about is that you don't want to, I don't want to be graphic about this, but push it up too high. No. You just want to push it so... You want it just inside. Just inside. Inch, inch and a half in. Inch and a half maximum. Goes too far, goes to your... It gets picked up and pulled through the liver, and then you do get high. So You do get high. Basically, you want it just inside. Now, you took suppositories because of your anal canal cancer, but you did get high. Why was that? I did. Get high, is that did, what you Didn't said? you tell me that? Yeah, but I didn't know that uh, you couldn't uh, or you shouldn't be pushing it up that far. That's why I was getting high. If oh. you push it up too far, you get high. What an ass. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the real Ian Jessup. <laughs> <laughs> now, some people have had trouble with suppositories, and you have some a funny story to tell about a woman who was helping her husband with his prostate cancer. But uh, she didn't do it properly. Right. So I uh, had this woman call me up. Uh, I had spoke to her a few weeks prior. Her husband had prostate cancer. And so they were going to be doing uh, rectal application in the daytime and orally at night. So the easiest way to do rectal application is just to get a one mil syringe warm up a tiny bit of olive oil. I say olive over coconut because olive oil is more readily absorbed rectally. Stir it together, draw it up into the one mil syringe, insert the syringe rectally, inch, inch and a half, push the plunger, easy breezy. Or so we thought. So I get this call from this woman and she was very upset. And she said that her husband refused to do suppositories anymore. And, um, she was very upset and she said, you know, I told him he just needs to walk it off and this is our, this is his life we're talking about. Man up, right? Yeah, and that he had to man up. And I said to her, well, why won't he, why won't he do suppositories anymore? He'd had two and then he flat out refused to do any more. And she said, well, he says it hurts too much. And 
I said, well, what kind of size syringe are you using? And she said, the skinny one, just like you told me to. And, you know, it's hard enough. You have to push that stuff and try and get it through the needle. And this poor guy, <laughs> she'd been using it with the needle on. And he actually was a very good sport because he let her do it twice before he said he wasn't going to do that anymore. So now when I speak to people, I say, you get one mil syringe, you don't need any needles. So heads up, people, you know, I guess we don't think too clearly when we're, you know, stressed right out, but you don't need needles, just syringes. And if you're dealing with uh, an illness uh, and uh, you're using cannabis, one of the things that uh, a number of people don't like to do is change their diet because we all fall into habits of foods we eat, the foods we like, the comfort foods and things like that. But did you change your diet much after you started using cannabis and no. Trying to save your life? No, I didn't. Um, however, that said, I eat, you know, pretty healthily. Um, you're not going to find cookies and cake mixes in my house. I, I grow, have this little garden where I grow, you know, as much as I can, etc. But did I change my diet? No, not really. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, I took my oil every night with a glass of wine. Um because that whole emotional component is important, too. So that was my big treat, mm-hmm. you know, glass yeah. of wine, fighting for my life, have my oil, you know. Yeah. But I wasn't eating chocolate bars, cookies, and McDonald's in the daytime either. No. You know. Emotions are very big. There's even yeah. suggestions that emotions can be carcinogenic. Yeah, that doesn't and, surprise me. Yeah. And because of the trauma that some people um, face during their lives or their life, that uh, this can become a serious issue. How did you deal with emotions during your transition from an unhealthy person to a healthy person? Because you told me when we first interviewed you that you, when you first got this, the the cancer, you had heart issues as well, and you were just, you felt frail. Oh, I was really sick from post-anatomy syndrome. Yeah. 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 And then you started taking cannabis, became healthy and vibrant and uh, like you are today, seven years later. So was that, um, was that part of the emotional component or just the fact that your body went from being unhealthy to healthy? I think it was more that it went from, you know, unhealthy to healthy, but the, the emotional component is, is a huge part as well. If you, if you have stuff that needs clearing emotionally, it's really important to do that. Uh, you know, point in case, uh, one individual that we interviewed uh, cleared his cancer several times, but it kept coming back. And it wasn't until he dealt with some rather horrific childhood memories that he was actually able to clear that cancer once and for all. And now Mm -hmm. he's been clear for a number of years. So, you know, the emotional component is really certainly important and plays a part. Um, That's why, you know, when I talk to people about diet, there's people that would disagree with me on this. But I I say to people, first of all, the two no-nos, processed foods, sugar. Avoid those two like the plague. But, you know, not everybody's going to be thriving on a vegan diet. For some people, that's too much of a stretch. Um, I remember, recall one woman calling me and saying, you know, she was in tears, sobbing, saying, you know, I feel like all I do is juice all day and I'm so sick of it and I don't have time for anything else and I would give anything to have a steak. And I'm like, for crying out loud, you know, have a steak. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Everything in moderation. Your emotional well-being, your emotional 
where you are emotionally plays a huge part in your healing. So within reason, absolutely. You, you know, the diet's got to fit the person. I can tell people that uh, Dr. Malamide will certainly back me up on this, that people on a, a ketogenic diet in conjunction with cannabis oil do very, very well. And there's also people who refuse to, to change their diet, regardless yes. of their illness. Yes. I recall speaking to a woman a few months ago who had colorectal cancer and... Um, she flat out refused to change her diet. She said, I'm sitting here looking at my my cookies and chocolate bars on the counter there, and there's no way that I'm going to stop going to it was Burger King or something and Arby's. 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 Yeah. And she wasn't willing to give up her, her cookies and cakes and chips. And, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I can't help and couldn't help wondering whether or not that had a part you know, played a part in, in her diagnosis, which was colon cancer. Corey, when we started Cannabis Health Radio in October of 2016, and we went for 11 months, did 223 interviews, and not all of the people we interviewed uh, survived for various reasons. And I want to give a, a shout out to uh, a gentleman in Australia, Tony Fitzgerald, who mm. we, we interviewed, and uh, he had throat cancer. He had it for about the fourth time, and he was struggling with it. And I talked to him on a Skype call in January of this year, and Tony was not in good shape. He was extremely thin, and he, he, was, he was a go-getter, I'll tell you. He wanted to um, put out a book with the interviews, number of the interviews that we did on Cannabis Health Radio. And uh, Tony says, how much do you want for it? I said, Tony, nothing. I don't want anything. But unfortunately, Tony uh, died in January of this year, a wonderful fellow, and we want to give a shout out to him. Yeah, he was amazing. Who else have we lost, Corey? Well, unfortunately, uh, early this year, uh, we lost April Saul, who is uh, a mom of, of uh, I don't know how many children, but um, had her mm. own group and was coaching people. She uh, went downhill very, very quickly. Um, in hindsight, one of the things that family members are saying is that they felt that maybe what she was doing at this stage in the game was throwing too much at it. She was on all sorts of different herbal remedies, et cetera. Mm. And, uh, yeah, very, very sad, very sad, because she went on to tell people about cannabis and uh, help a number of people. Yeah, and uh, there was a lady that we interviewed very early on when we started Cannabis Health Radio, Barb Philpot. Barb Philpot, yeah, Barb Philpot. Uh, I think she, what happened with Barb was Barb, Barb had triple negative breast cancer, and we cleared her. Uh, she stayed on a maintenance dose for a while, and then they traveled through the states or whatever, and she didn't have medicine, and they came back to British Columbia, and she was re-diagnosed with it, and her life wasn't a happy one, and she, I remember Skyping with her and her looking at me and telling me she was not going to fight this anymore. And she just let go. Yeah, yeah. and she just let go. Yeah. Those are some of the uh, people we've interviewed who we've lost, and we don't want to dwell on this because it's a bit of a downer when you lose people that uh, you've talked to and helped and they've lost uh, lost their families. Now, we've got a, uh, an interesting story from Australia. Uh, it's a fascinating story. I want you to tell about Jackson. 
Jackson. Jackson brings tears to my eyes. So Jackson's Hang mother, in there. come on. <laughs> Jackson's mother contacted me uh, about her first about her son, her son who was diagnosed at fourteen with Hodgkin's uh, diffuse uh, B cell lymphoma. He had endured aggressive chemo that almost killed him. He had had ALK inhibitors. They had done a blood transplant, not transfusion, bone marrow transplant. Nothing had worked. He was dying. Um, It was the end of the line. His mom was frantically putting out to the universe and Googling, just, you know, praying for something to save her son. And as she tells it, uh, my name kept popping up. And she said that something told her that if she could only contact me, he would be okay. So she did contact me, and we started talking. Now, Jackson was on oil. He was taking cannabis oil, but it was not working. And I said to her, gosh, you know, it's too bad that you couldn't have him on a multi-strain oil. Um, You know, there's this fantastic oil in Canada, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, uh, the individual in Canada agreed to uh, try and help Jackson with the with the understanding that once it was out of Canada, there was she had no control over it. Um, the product actually reached Jackson, and uh, his mom began began giving him this oil. Now Jackson was hyper hyper sensitive to THC. Hyper sensitive. Mm. He is one of those people that never got anywhere near a gram, and there were a number of issues. It just it was it was a hard road. Then mom messaged me and said uh, that he was having a scan. Did we need to stop the oil? To which I said no. Mm-hmm. Um, they called me a couple of days later, and they were in the car in the parking lot at the hospital, and they called me on Facebook chat, and they were sobbing. And I thought, oh, my God, he's died. Anyway, the father was the first to speak and said, you know, you've given me my son back. And the scan, they had just got the results, and this was the results of the scan. This is a direct quote. It is incredible and a miracle, a complete metabolic response with absolutely no sign of disease. You okay? I'm okay. Yeah, Yeah. you're okay. Kind of pour my heart and soul into this, so sometimes it gets me. Did the medical community know that he was on cannabis? No. No, not no, at all. Particularly in Australia. Um, but, you know, this whole case with Jackson speaks to how we really need to be aware that sometimes it's just a case of getting the right stuff. He was on cannabis oil. It mm-hmm. just wasn't strong enough. And, and certainly I am seeing more and more oil that works the best is a combination of different strains. Yeah, you, you, know, you mentioned that. Multi-strain. Yeah. Multi-strain oil. Don't yeah. put all your eggs in one basket. If you can, you know, if you can get a multi-strain oil, definitely do it. I mean, in, in this case, it, di- it literally made the difference between life and death. Corey, was that one of the most emotional stories that uh, you've had to deal with? That was, that's... Uh, one of them. You, that's you've one dealt of with them. A, you've dealt with a that's lot of them. That's one of them. Yeah. Um, probably... Uh, Right up there would be uh, one of the very first people I helped. I spoke to a Serbian woman living in the UK. His sister still lived in Serbia. Had a child with a tumor between the brain and skull, and she had just been sent home to die, five years old. Uh, They'd done all the chemo and radiation and surgery that they could. Um, They 
the family recognized it was too late to save her, but she was seizuring almost constantly, I guess, from the pressure on the brain. And did I think the oil would help? I said, yes, definitely. Uh, you know, we kind of worked magic and they got oil and, um, I thought that was the end of it. And a year later received a very emotional email from the parents saying the child was up and playing. The tumor was 70% gone and they were going to go visit relatives on the weekend that they hadn't seen in a couple of years because she'd been too sick to travel. And fast forward to, that was October, fast forward to Christmas, another email saying we've changed her name from Anna to Bojana, which means little warrior in Serbian. And uh, here she is back at school. That tumor's 100% gone. Here's a picture of her in her Christmas concert. So that little girl just celebrated her 11th birthday. She quite literally went from being on her deathbed, Oregon starting to shut down, unconscious, to this vibrant, healthy 11-year-old girl. That stuff is emotional, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. you got that one emotional letter when we yeah. were on the air. We were on, we were on the air, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it really is. One of the things we want to tell you about Cannabis Health Radio is that we're going to post a podcast once a week rather than once every weekday. Right. It just it really got too much. It was like a full-time job. Um, and with no pay. With no pay, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, we just couldn't, we couldn't carry it as far as, we couldn't carry it financially, and we couldn't carry it as far as, you know, doing continuing at that pace. It was just crazy. Yeah, and one of the things we want to do is we got an email from a, a woman who said it would be interesting if you uh, re-interviewed some of the people we've interviewed on Cannabis Health Radio to see how they're doing. Yeah, that would be nice. Touch uh, base with some some people that... Uh, yeah. And I know there's a woman in Scotland, Lynn Cameron, who had brain cancer. Yes. She's doing extremely well now. Mm -hmm. And there's another fellow in the UK, Phil James, who has brain cancer, who's struggling a little bit. Mm. So we'd like to talk to those folks. Revisit. Revisit, just to see how they're doing, and they can tell their story. And uh, we also would like to advise listeners that if you know uh, any companies who uh, would like to sponsor Cannabis Health Radio, we are most interested in uh, hearing what they have to say. If you'd like to donate, there's a donate button on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. And uh, it was interesting getting back to this, Corey, after an absence of two years. It feels yeah. a little strange being in front of a microphone. It feels strange, but, you know, I'm glad we're doing it. We get so many letters and have over the past two years saying, when are you bringing it back? Please, please, please. Yeah. So here we are, folks. Um, we really need your help to keep going, though. And you can do that by visiting our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. You can make a donation. And I should say that we are available on Facebook and also on iTunes. You can listen to us on iTunes. And I think on iTunes you have to write a review. Uh, and the more reviews that come in, the higher the ranking is. And we're also on Google Play. And did you know, Corey, that we're also on Instagram? No. We are. Yeah. I didn't know that, but we are. Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. We're on Instagram. And with that, we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. 
To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has kind of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects Network. Network.